Hey family, it's me, Tia Marie Arnold, and you are listening to the Tia Marie Arnold Podcast. We are going to listen to Ephesians 1 today. Here we go. So because of God's grace, we are made accepted. So I don't have to worry about if this person accepts me, that situation accepts me, this job accepts I don't have to worry about it because again, the God of the universe has made us accepted in the beloved. That is so key. So why do we worry about being accepted anywhere else? That's our flesh. That's our flesh. It's so important to understand that. And, and you know, your flesh is going to, especially if you have dealt with rejection, oh my gosh, your flesh is going to have a whole bunch of fits because there's this need that your flesh has to want to fulfill itself. So it wants to be accepted. It wants to be liked. It wants to be this and that. And so we have to not follow our flesh, but we have to walk in the spirit to say, the word of God says that he hath made me, we can change that to me, us, accepted in the beloved. So I'm loved. And I am accepted. Not only in that, what did it say? I was chosen. I was chosen to be adopted. I was chosen for this. I was called to this. Okay? So that is, that is um, to me, foundational. It's foundational in your relationship with God. It is so key to understand that where you sit, where you are, where you're placed, and why? Because of his love. And that's what he says. In love. And that's the love of God. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Okay, so we know this. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody online understands that Christ has redeemed us. And it was through his blood. And yes, we have received forgiveness of sins. And yes, this was according to the riches of his grace. I love that. His grace is rich. His grace is rich. I had some, I remember when Jeff and I were, were just, we were in a, I mean, I mean, just not good financial place. And um, our spiritual mom, she looked at us and she said, you guys are rich. And you know, you think like in the natural, you like, Mm-hmm. But spiritually, we are all rich because we have the grace of God. And not only that, but this grace or favor can open doors, can move things, can maneuver things. Like we have this grace and this grace is with us 24-7. It is unending. It's, it's what we have. And so it is rich. It is rich. It's not something that we should take advantage of. It's something that we need to be thankful for. And I know that we are in a culture where sometimes grace is kind of uh, taken advantage of and, and all that stuff. And we ain't going to talk about all that. But to understand that grace, not only did it, did it allow me to come in relationship with God, but it also allows me and empowers me to do the will of God. That's, that's another reason why it's rich. Because what is the point of us being here on this earth and we're not fulfilling the thing that God has called us to fulfill? But when we have the grace of God, what happens? 
He empowers us. He moves us. Have you ever just felt God's grace? Like, I know I should be too tired to do this. I know that I don't deserve to be doing this. I don't even know how I am doing this, but I got the grace of God. I am walking in his grace. That right there, oh my gosh, it is, the, it is one of the best places to be. But sometimes our flesh, because we can feel that way all the time, but our flesh comes in and looks at our circumstances and we forget that we have the grace of God and that we are always rich. I may not be rocking a Louis Vuitton boot, but I'm rich. That's how you need to walk. That's how you need to talk. That's how you need to stand because you have the grace of God for your life. Oh my gosh, that is so good to me, y'all. It's so good to me. Yes, and that's a great reminder. Okay, wherein he hath abounded, so we're verse 8, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, that word prudence means understanding, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. Okay, so looking at this, so wherein he hath abounded toward us, what did he abound towards us? The, the rich, the richness of his grace, so richly supplied. That's what that, when I looked that up in the dictionary, he richly supplied his grace in all wisdom and understanding. And I was literally just talking to one of the leads today, and I'm like, we really, you know, we were just, we were in awe of God and how when we asked, like, Lord, reveal this, show this, how he does it. And I'm like, the Bible says that we have wisdom. We have it. Not only do we have it, anytime we ask for it in James, uh, what, James 1, ask for wisdom and he will give us wisdom. So we cannot think that we are not smart enough. Now, your flesh Maybe, you know, acting like that you can't remember stuff and you can't do this and you can't do that. But you got to know in your spirit, I have all wisdom. And so then that's when you're just going to have to speak to your flesh and tell your flesh, I, re I rebuke you. I have all wisdom. I can know and I can remember and I can recite because it says it right here in Ephesians 1. We have all wisdom and understanding. Not only do we have that, but we have it so that we can know the mystery of his will. The mystery of his will. I remember when I was in college, I heard so much, and, and we were all just, you know, that's when I got saved. I got saved when I was 22, so we were all in college, and I heard so many times, myself and my friends, God, we wanna know your will. We wanna know your will. What is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? And I'm looking at it now, and it's like, we don't have to search out there to know God's will. It's right here in his word. Right here. So Christ and everything that is in Christ being in us, meaning we have all this availability. I mean, all this, uh, well, we have availability, but we also have the ability to know the will of God, to understand the mysteries of God. But we do have to do our part and study the word and seek the will of God. And then it says, according to his good pleasures, which he had purpose in himself. That is the dispensation. That means it's the arrangement of things. The dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together. So this is his will right here. Okay. So he wanted to arrange things in the fullness of time. So we're in time right now. 
he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both where both which are in heaven and which are in earth. Even in him, look at this, oh my gosh, verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predesignated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Okay. So, understanding that in him, so he's gathering all things in Christ, so everything is in Christ, and we have obtained an inheritance as well. And this is the thing, Galatians 2.20, you can write this down as a note, it says that it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So if all things are in Christ, and we're going to see this even more in a few minutes, so I am skipping ahead a little bit. But if all things are in Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, so that I have everything I need, which is why it says we have obtained an inheritance. An inheritance. The inheritance that we are obtaining is things that are in heaven and on earth, which is why it's said in verse 3, we have all spiritual blessings. So it's it's. Paul is saying over and over and over again in, in his words, but he's pretty much saying, know what you have, know who you are. We've got to know what we have, what do we have? We have Christ, and what's in Christ? All spiritual blessings. Know who I am. Who am I? I'm chosen. I'm in Christ. I'm chosen. So, and I have an inheritance. Being predesignated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So this is God giving us this inheritance through Christ. And if God has given it to us, then nothing, nothing in heaven or hell can stop it. Nothing can separate us from it. We talked about in Romans 8. Nothing except for who? You. You. If you don't believe it, you can't receive it. You have to have faith. You have to believe what this says. And it can't be based off of what you see. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. So I may not see my inheritance. I may not even feel like I have an inheritance. But I have faith in what the word of God says. I believe in what Jesus has done. And the more that I walk... In faith, I'm going to see the manifestation of what the Word of God says. Because the Word of God is life. So if you want to see what the Word of God says in your life, you have to believe the Word of God. You have to believe in the Spirit that's in you because the Spirit is life. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So that's key. And that's what I was just pretty much just saying. You have to have faith. You have to trust in Christ. Verse 13, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. So it's in the word of God. The gospel of your salvation. So what is this saying? And I, well, let me finish. In whom also after ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm jumping ahead. Okay, so in whom ye has also trusted after you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. We got to break this down. Jesus, the gospel of salvation. 
What is that? That is what Christ has done for us. So what did he do? Well, I'm going to do it in just, I'm not going to read it from the scripture. I'm going to try to explain it in a way that it can be understood by all. So for me, for instance, before I was saved, I thought I had to earn everything. I thought God was this God of wrath, and I thought that I had to be perfect, and so I rebelled, and I, you know, I was wild. And then I started drawing, then God started drawing me to him, and I didn't quite understand what Christ has did for me. But what did he do? He pretty much said, you can have a right relationship with God without being perfect. You can have peace with God without having to find the lamb and sacrifice it. You can have a relationship. You can go before God and worship him directly. You don't have to stand behind a veil. Why? Because I became that ultimate sacrifice. I have given you grace now. So then when you make a mistake, God's wrath is not coming down on you because I dealt with that. When you tell a lie, God's wrath is not coming down on you because I dealt with that. When you make a mistake, God's not banning you and, and not, his wrath is not coming down on you because I dealt with that. Christ has made us, has put us in this place of grace and in this place of right standing with God. And not only did he do that, but then he got on the cross and he said, I'm going to take every sin, every lie and deceit and murder and adultery and fornication and everything and all. I'm going to take all that on myself. Not only am I going to take all that on myself, I'm going to take Crohn's disease, diabetes, kidney disease. Uh, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, uh, whatever else you can think of. He took all of that. I'm going to take cancer. I'm going to take, uh, I don't know, fibromyalgia. I'm going to take all the, I'm not a nurse, I don't know all these names. But he said, I'm going to take all that on me and I'm going to deal with it once and for all. That's the gospel of salvation. Not only that, oh, it gets better. So he's taking all of that. Now he's saying, I'm not going to just leave y'all where y'all are. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you everything that is in me. What is in me? Healing is in me. Deliverance is in me. Wealth is in me. Prosperity is in me. Peace is in me. Oh my God, y'all, he gave us all of that. That is the gospel of salvation. That's what he died for. So that we can have that inheritance. So that we can walk in that on the earth. So that we can have every spiritual blessing. But what does it say in verse 13? We have to trust in it. And we have to hear the word of truth. What's going to stop us from believing and trusting and hearing the word of truth? Well, we know that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, right? So if faith, and we just went over that when we went over our review. So what does not please God? It's our flesh. Our flesh is why we can't trust that. 
We say that we believe in Jesus. We say that we love Jesus. We say that, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, but we're still walking around busted and disgusted. We're still walking around defeated. We're still walking around ashamed. We're still walking around feeling like we're not loved. We're not trusting in the word. We're not. And I'm not beating y'all up. I'm just saying we're not. And I say we because we all have to, we, we all have to work on our soul salvation. We all have to. The flesh is, is in our soul and it's in our body. So if I see this and I'm supposed to trust it, but then what happens? The devil, he can't touch you because you're in Christ, but he can suggest. That ain't true. Go back to the Garden of Eden. That's what he did with Eve. That ain't true. You feel that pain in your knee? That ain't true. That ain't true. He didn't die for that. You see your bank account? Boo, you below zero. That ain't true. That's what he does. That's what he does. He suggests. He can't make you do nothing, but he can suggest to you that what the word of God says is not true. And that's what he did with Adam and Eve. That's what he did. And that's what he's doing today. And we have to know the tactic of the enemy. So Christ did all that. Verse 13, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed. So I'm trusting, I heard, I heard what Christ did for me. I believe, and what happens? So then now, and this is it right here, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're sealed. Oh my gosh. Now, you're like, okay, well, if I'm sealed and if I have all that, then how come I do feel the pain? How come I do see the bank account? How come this is happening? That's all happening in the flesh, in your spirit. And we talked about this on Bible study 1, 2, and 3. But in your spirit, you are made perfect. Everything that you need. So all the things that Jesus said, I'm not going to just leave them where they are. I'm going to give them this. I'm going to give them that. I'm going to give them deliverance. I'm going to give them a sound mind. I'm going to give them joy. I'm going to give them all the fruits of the spirit. So it's in our spirit. All those things are in our spirit. And not only are they there, they're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. With the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay. So let's keep going. I had to get, I don't, you know, when I talk about what Christ has done, it, it just, uh, it makes me so grateful. So grateful. All right. So we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. That word earnest means it's the deposit. It's the pledge. And we talked about this uh, about two weeks ago, how the Spirit is the guarantee, right? So we're sealed by the Spirit of promise, which is the pledge, which is the deposit of our inheritance until the redemption or the deliverance of the purchased possession. What is that purchased possession? We talked about this before. That is the completeness of our spirit and soul and body. So our spirit is already perfect, right? And 
God wants us, he wants us well, he wants us walking in victory. So what do we have to do? We have to now command our soul. How do you do that? By reading the word of God. So when you read the word of God, you are commanding your soul. Not only are you commanding your soul, but you are, you are accessing the faith that's within you, right? And then it's going to start mani manifesting itself, but you're not going to... And, and listen, we have the ability to really walk around this earth, touch people and say, you healed and that bad boy go. Uh, speaking things into existence, talking to whatever. I mean, what Jesus said, you can command serpents and scorpions. We have all of that all right up in here, but we're never going to reach the level of perfection until glory. So that's why it's saying the deliverance of the purchased possession. Okay, so that's what that means. So that's our, our spirit is already whole, but our soul will be whole. Our body will be whole unto the praise of his glory. So it is. it, it brings him glory and it's, it's going to bring him glory when all of us have come together in one in Christ. That's his will. And as we start walking in our inheritance and as we start believing in the gospel of salvation, because honestly, I think that's where we struggle we have made salvation like, okay, I'm forgiven with, for sins, but do we believe in the gospel of salvation? We don't believe in the gospel of salvation. We don't. We think, oh, I'm just, I'm just forgiven from sins. If we have enough faith to believe that we are forgiven from sins, then we have enough faith to believe that we are also healed, that we are also delivered, that we can also walk around this earth like chosen adopted children that we are royalty we have the ability to do that all right verse 15 wherefore i also after i heard of your faith in the lord jesus and loved and love unto all the saints this is paul cease not to give thanks to you making mention of you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Okay, stop there. Now, this, this verse has messed me up for several times. Because what is Paul saying? He's saying, I pray. And, and Paul, we know, he wrote, you know, majority of the New Testament. He had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He knows what's available to him. He knows out of all the apostles what it truly feels like to not give in to your flesh because he was in chains, yet he was free. And he's saying, may God the Father give unto you the spirit of wisdom. So we already talked about that, that we have that. And revelation, but this is the thing, in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him. And other translations say, in the knowledge of God through Christ. Because um, there is a, uh, I want to say John 14 says that we know the Father through the Son. And so that's how we know God through Christ. But this is the thing. So we should be and wanting wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. We can have that. And it says the eyes, and he prays that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Enlightened. Now that word is spiritual. It means spiritual light. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so good. Because to really have this wisdom and revelation of God, you cannot get it through your flesh. You cannot. 
What does the scripture say? That the flesh does not convey the things of the spirit. So we cannot understand and get this wisdom and this revelation of this almighty God in our, in our mind. It has to be through the spirit. It has to be through the mind of Christ. So that's why he says the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. I take that as so the eyes of my spirit. My spirit has eyes. My spirit can see beyond what's in the natural. Yeah, I see that with, I see that. This is flesh. I can touch it. I can taste it. I probably should taste it because I do need some water. But you know, I can, this is my flesh. But if I want to see beyond my flesh, then I have to have eyes in my spirit. Then I have to be able to see what the scripture says. Think on things above. There's an above. There's a supernatural world in existence that is going on right now. I guarantee you I got angels around me. I know it. I know it. I know that that my mom has angels around her. I know that you have angels around her. I know that that there are times that something should have happened to you that did not happen to you and it was only by the grace of God. That's supernatural. That is supernatural. You know, and, and not only that, but I know we all have had moments where we've heard and felt the spirit within us. Where God is like, open your mouth and say something. And you're like, mm, your flesh is like, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. but your stomach just be like, oh, you better speak. Yo, you can even feel it sometimes to the point that it's in your spirit, but it's manifesting through your flesh. Now, I don't know about y'all. That has happened to me. But it's just hitting me now. So if that can happen, if your spirit can be so strong that it manifests itself and you can feel it in the flesh, then why can't healing be felt in the flesh? Hmm? It can. It can. It's that same thing. It's the spirit within you that, can, that, that has eyes and it can see. And I've been challenged even this past week to start seeing in the spirit. And I don't know if, I don't know if I'm doing it right or not, but the reality is it's not about right or wrong. It's about my faith. It's about faith. So I take moments and I stop. And I'm like, I'm just going to see in the spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you showing me? What do I see? And I'm starting to see things that I forgot about. Oh, and I love this because what is John 15? I think it's John 15 where he says the Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance. So then you know. Have you ever like, I don't know, with Soul Sister, especially at the beginning, there was so much I had to do. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have two kids, I'm a wife, da 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 And I would, every time when I'm in my prayer time, it was like the Holy Spirit would be like, don't forget to call this person. Don't forget to put this on the website. Don't forget to do and it's like, it would all come. And so I would grab my phone and I would write everything down. That is the eyes of the spirit. And we just read, well, no, we didn't. But we talked about this last week, Romans 8, how the spirit intercedes on our behalf. The spirit knows the mind of the spirit. So Paul is saying, if you want to know God, and we know that we can ask for wisdom, but he's also saying that the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your spirit will be enlightened, that your spirit will have light. Your spirit is light. Your spirit is life, and your spirit is light. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now that, as 
as a believer, as an adopted child, I want to know the hope of his calling. And there is no reason for me not to know because I have the spirit within me. My spirit has eyes and I can see the things that God wants me to see. I can know the things that God wants me to know. We should be the smartest ones on this planet, spiritually. We should be. We should be able to discern if that's God or not. We should be able to hear his voice. We should be able to see beyond what I see in the natural. I heard, I think this was Sunday, that the pastor was saying that when we walk into a room, stop looking at people in the flesh. As a believer, we should see their spirit. Oh, that was so good. I was like, ouch, because I don't do that. I ain't going to lie. Sometimes I be like, she got an attitude. I ain't going to say, you know, if we, all have, we all have our moments. Like, I ain't talking to her today. She I ain't. Mm -mm. But if you start seeing people in the spirit, then what does that look like? That could just be she looks really sad today. She looks like she has a really bad attitude. She probably going to cuss me out. But I'm going to tell her what the Lord is telling me to tell her. I'm going to go give her a hug. I can see the hurt and pain. I can, he'll, he'll start enlightening you to see beyond what you see in the flesh. Understanding that it really takes devotion of reading the word to be able to command your soul. And we all don't have it. So there are going to be days that somebody's flesh is just all over the place. And, and it's being disrespectful to you. may be very offensive. And it's our job to see in the spirit. Okay, I know you're talking to my flesh and my flesh may feel it, but there's something spiritually going on. And I love to say, go to the root. There's a root there. So Paul is saying to us, in all wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward to us word who believe. I'm going to stop there because this is, oh my gosh, this is what I'm saying. So Paul is saying, so not only do we know God, and have the ability to know God. Got someone trying to join. Ability to know God. But now we have the ability to know what is our inheritance. Because it says the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's for us. There is an inheritance. And you can't know that in the flesh. You can hear me talk about it. You can even read it in the word, but if you don't believe what the word says, if you are not in your spirit, if you are not reading it with spiritual eyes, it's going to go through, as my mom used to tell me, it's going to go through one ear and out the other, right? <laughs> so that's, what, that's what's going to happen. You're going to read it, and if you're not reading it with spiritual eyes. This inheritance, it's rich, it's rich. We talked about that. The grace, that's a part of it. What else is a part of it? The healing and the joy, the peace of mind, the peace of spirit, love, gentleness. This is a big one. Self-control. All these things that if they are not in the spirit can cause death. 
If you don't have self-control, you can run somebody over with your mouth or with a car. You know, I hope you wouldn't do that with a car. But with your mouth, you can, you can allow those words to start festering in you and it, it can cause an emotion which will cause a reaction that can hinder you, that can hurt you, that can ruin your family. Right? So that's an inheritance. Self-control is an inheritance. Love is an inheritance. Love covers a multitude of sin. And that's huge as a believer because we're identified by that. Healing is your inheritance. Meaning that just because you're around people who may have this or that, or just because your doctor tells you that you have this or that, you don't have to receive it because why? I know my inheritance. And it's not just knowing it, but it's believing it. It's believing it. So I love that Paul is saying that it's spiritual, it's, it's enlightening. It has to be seen with spiritual eyes and you can know by the word of God what is your inheritance for us, our saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Now that is the number one key because you have to know that you have the very same power that rose Jesus from the dead living on the inside of you. It's the power that makes all the things that's, that's in us come out. It's the power. Exceeding greatness of his power to us words, so that's us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. So when we know his calling for our life and we know that we have these inheritance, then we know what's in us. Once we know what's in us, and once we believe that the Holy Spirit is in us, then we know that it is according to the working of his mighty power, not ours. And see, that's why I think a lot of times we don't see manifestation. We're not seeing what we read because a lot of times we read it and we try to do it in our own strength. I am not going to complain today. I'm not going to complain today. I'm not going to complain today. Okay. Okay, you doing it in your own power. So then the enemy manipulates something. What happens? You complain and you like I didn't, I don't, I really tried that you did it in your own power. But when it's the Holy Spirit in you that quickeneth you, we talked about that last week. The Holy Spirit quickeneth you, and the Holy Spirit is moving and working in you. Then this, it looks like I'm, you know, I'm not even thinking about not complaining. But a situation comes, and I don't complain. And I'm like, oh, my God, I handled that so much better than I used to. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. You weren't even, it wasn't even about you. It was the Holy Spirit working in you. The Holy Spirit growing the fruits in you. So it's by his mighty power, which is wrought in Christ. So it's through Christ. All this cannot be fully understood in the natural because it's like, so what do I do? What's my job then? What Your job is to believe. That's your job. Just believe what it says. Read it so that you have an understanding of what's yours, but then walk in it, but believe that I can have what the word of God says. So, again, according to the working of his mighty power, if you are just joining us, welcome. We are in Ephesians 1, and I am at verse, I'm trying to get off of verse 19. It's kind of hard, but that's where I'm at right now. Okay, so, 
Let's read verse 19 one more time. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So Christ is seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places right now. Now, why is that important? Because it's finished. Ephesians 1 is telling us that we have an inheritance. Ephesians 1 is telling us that we have been adopted in. Right? We are in the, the family of God. And we have been chosen beforehand. Before the foundation of the earth. And what else is it telling us? That we have all wisdom and understanding, not up here, but in here. And if we want to know God, and I've said this before, it's not enough to just know of God. Knowing of God ain't going to get you very far. A lot of people know of him. It's to know him. Because when you know him, then when the enemy comes and tries to suggest that people don't love you, that ain't going to work out, you're going to fail, you're a failure, you've always been a failure, no one likes you, your ministry's going to fail, people don't like, I mean, all the stuff that he suggests, when he does that, you can say, I know God, and I know that ain't God, and we say we know it in our flesh, in our human mind, we know that, because why, we've heard it, we've read it, we, you know, all that stuff. But when the rubber meets the road and life is pushing up against you so hard and the enemy is suggesting so loud, you are a failure. When all that comes at you, it's going to be the, your spirit that your soul, with your spirit, that's why you got to command your soul, that can go up against the enemy. And so he's saying, get all this wisdom and this revelation. You have it here, but now you got to get it up here. You got to get it up here. You have it here. You have it in your spirit. Your spirit has all the spiritual blessings, every single inheritance, everything you need. So stop looking for it in other people because you have it. You have it. But now you have to do the work to get it from here to here. And how do we do that? By reading the word of God. By reading the word of God. So, so that we can know how to work this power that's within us. How to submit to it. How to get out of the way so that God can do what he needs to do. How to walk by faith and not by sight. How to do all these things. We're all learning. Most of us, the majority of our life, we have been walking after the flesh. And sometimes it's out of ignorance because we don't know. And sometimes it's our makeup, how we were born. And, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons. But we have walked after the flesh for so long. But in this day and age, I believe God is calling his children to rise, a remnant to rise, and to really know, know him. Don't just know of him. But know him, know his heart, know what makes his heart beat, know what pleases him, know what he's saying. Be that vessel so that he can speak through you, so that you can walk the earth and you can bless people. That's what he wants, and he's calling us to do that. But it takes a sacrifice of killing your flesh. 
but believing it, and then your faith is going to get tested. It says that in 1 Peter, your faith is going to get tested. And most of the time, it's, it feels like the test is in your flesh. Because you, it's, it's like, I know what your word says, but everything around me is opposite of what your word says. Well, that's why we know that's the flesh. I got to look above. It's so many good jewels in first in, uh, Ephesians 1. And I pray that you take this and that you know who you are. You know how to walk in the power of his might, not your own. And that you stand on this word. Because all this week I had to tell the enemy, I'm like, stop suggesting to me. Because, I, first of all, I've been, I've been blabbing it to everybody about, you know, the miracles that me and my husband have been seeing. And one, one in particular, I said it, and do you know a few days later the enemy tried to attack me with that very same suggest to me that very same thing? Are you sure it's gone? Are you sure? Are you sure it's real? And I'm like, you know what? I am not changing my declaration. I'm not doing it. Do whatever you're trying to do. I'm not going to do it because I believe in the word of God. And yes, my flesh, I have to command it. I have to rebuke the devil and tell him to flee. That's what the Bible tells us to do. It's not, it's not easy, y'all. It's not easy. It's work. <laughs> it is work. I ain't going to sit here and act like it. It's just like, oh, yeah. No, that's a lie. It's work. It's work. Not in your spirit. In your flesh. And that's why we as soul sister work on renewing our souls. Because it is work. That is what it is. It's renewing our soul. It's commanding our soul. It's rebuking the devil. It's thanking God for the promises. It's reading this word. It's rebuking the devil. It's thanking God for his promises. That's it. That's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you join me next time on the Tia Marie Arnold podcast.